We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire podcast network and the Eurostep podcast network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts. I'm joined, as always, by the well-traveled Rohan Kadi, both within and, and outside of MKE. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well, Ty. Doing well. We have actual Bucks basketball to talk about. It's, it's a good time to be alive, Ty. It is indeed. For once in the last three years, we actually can say that with a straight face. We do have real live Bucks basketball to talk about. Let's get right into it. Tune in to Talk of the Tundra for all your Green Bay Packers coverage. That's still going. Fun stuff coming on Make Time for this, our other podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will talk some Wisconsin Herd later. But the Milwaukee Bucks are literally perfect 2-0. Maybe not literally perfect, but we're going to he, He's it. here and he's perfect. He's here and he's perfect. I mean, when you say that phrase, there's nowhere else to start than Giannis Atetokounmpo, who after... You know, statistically fine, I thought, especially the second half of his first game of the season, uh, again, obviously the Bucks' first game of the season against Philly, was just kind of okay by Giannis' standards. You know, we, we asked some questions on the playback. You know, is he feeling all right? Is everything good? Like, what is this? No questions like that to be asked after the Bucks' second game, a breeze over the Houston Rockets, where Giannis, in 27 and a half minutes, Records 44 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, shoots 17 for 21 from the field, two for three from deep, finishes eight of 13 from free throw, which is okay. It was worse earlier. A little bit of a bounce back there for Giannis. Rohan, we joke about how we leave him for the end too often. We are not going to do so after a performance like that. Give me your thoughts on Giannis rampaging through the Rockets. Well, I tweeted this before, like sort of at the beginning of the game, but what his primary matchup uh, against this young Houston Rockets team, which uh, we should mention this, this Rockets team is not going to be very good. No, and on, and on a rest disadvantage. So it was, and on the road against the Bucks in their home opener, the, the cards were stacked against Houston in this game. They really were, uh, as evidenced by the 11-0 start, I believe it was for the Bucks. Yeah. And I think it was like 20 to two or so at one point. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It got bad real quick. They uh, fought back, though. There was a couple times they, they got it down to, like, 12 in the second half. That that team has Which, no quit. Yeah, 12, I mean, it's still double digits, but 12 felt good for them. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, that team, I honestly, I did not rest easy until, like, halfway through the fourth quarter because we've seen guys on that team just get super hot and make, like, 10 threes in a row or whatever. Probably not literally. But, like, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., I was like, yeah, let's just let's keep that lead pretty healthy. And you know, Bucks fans, Bucks fans know what Kevin Porter Jr. can do. Yes, uh, everyone almost had a meltdown. <laughs> uh, well, people did have a meltdown. Yeah, but uh, Giannis, but Giannis, yes, Giannis. Back to Giannis. His primary uh, defensive assignments, like the guys guarding him, are rookies. Like uh, 
You have Jabari Smith going at him. Uh, you have Tari Eason trying to check him. I mean, sure, you have some Usman Garuba in there Who's as well. Who is a seasoned second-year player. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but just just these young guys that had absolutely no shot whatsoever to stop Giannis in any way, shape, or form. It was an absolute dominant performance. Uh, Giannis loves to go at rookies. He loves to go at rookies. He likes to show them who's boss. And he showed Jabari who's boss early on in this game. Because he, he got two fouls on him like quick in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think he got up to like eight and once. And unfortunately, the majority of them, I think, did end up being just two-point plays because it was not a good free-throw shooting game for Giannis. But um, it was pretty incredible. It felt like every time Houston did start to get a little momentum and it's like, oh, they hit a couple threes. Okay, maybe they will make this a game. Giannis was just like, no, they won't. I'm not going to let them. I'm just going to go. And it was like we've talked about a little bit, like his geometry. Like there were so many where he's fighting through contact and he knows he's got the foul call. And instead of doing what unethical 0-3-76ers do and flopping like a damn fish, he rises up and just like pure concentration gets the ball in the hoop somehow, some way. It was so impressive to watch his finishes through those fouls all night long. I will say, I thought Garuba impressed me. I think he's bigger than I thought. I thought he was more of like a... Three, four sized player. He basically started at the five, and I thought he had some good defensive possessions. He stood him up early, which is like, wow, that was an eye popping play. But as you mentioned, it Garuba, nobody, Garuba kind of held his own a little bit sometimes. Nobody relative. else did. Relative, relative to the other guys, for sure. Um, but I, I just think there was so much on display for Giannis. Like, I thought we've talked about it would be easy, it would be easier for him to rack up the points if like the post game was easier. Like if he gets these mismatches, avoid those offensive fouls, you know, when Marcus Smart falls over or whatever, and just kind of turn around and set the ball in the hoop. I think we saw a ton of that in this game. Like the touch was totally on display. The footwork was great. And the shot. I mean, I know we just don't want to talk about it, but two for three in this game, I believe he made one opening night too. I could be mistaken. Uh, the midi, The midi continues to look good. I mean, we, we talked about on our mega preview before the season. Is it just ridiculous to expect him to keep getting better? All right, he looked better in this game. Again, I know the opponent is Houston, but there are things that, you know, Giannis in wide open situations didn't look as good shooting, I think, as he's looked in these first couple games. Like the poise, the actual shot form, it looks very compact. I, it's hard not to be excited about Giannis, which... If he hadn't changed his game at all, that would be true. But I think it's especially true given the way he played Saturday night versus the Rockets. For sure. And he he is 50% from beyond the arc this season. Uh, sure, small sample, three of six, whatever. I'm going to take it. Uh, but you're right. The, the post game was really, really good to see him set up. The one issue that he really had was turnovers in those situations because you could see guys like Jalen Green, like Kevin Porter Jr. just come and take the ball when he was starting to post up. And yeah. which is something that could be cleaned up a little well, that's, bit. Some of that's on the rest of the Bucks, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like he didn't see those guys coming. You got to call that out if your man is is going toward. I mean, it's it, it happened quick in a couple situations. I agree. He's got to have more awareness there too. But I noticed that as well. That was those are frustrating turnovers for sure. For sure, but that's not to take away from the fact that if he's on the block in single coverage, it's just a bucket. It's it's it's. He's gonna score. Like there's not there's not much you can do about it. That's that's the level that he's at nowadays. It doesn't have he's not running dunk, man. Like he's got a refined post game. He's got a polished uh like floater game, touch game, hook game. He's just he's got it all, Ty. He's got it all. And some of the defensive, I mean, he's averaging one point five blocks a game so far. The entire team, especially a fellow we'll talk about in a second here was having a block party against the Rockets, but that was uh his defensive prowess was especially evident in the Sixers game, I thought. Giannis, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean this game I think I, I think there was a little bit of like I think both teams were just let's get some highlights going. You know, let's you know, I think I think there was kind of an understanding by a certain point in this game, the way the game would go and you know, Jalen Green hits a couple threes and he's he's going crazy and I'm seeing Bucks fans like, you know you're down by like who cares, man? Come on, he's not gonna beat the Bucks anyway. Have fun. He's a great young yeah. player. Um yeah. let's talk about Brooke. 
Oh, I was gonna. I had a fun way to lead into this, and I I, I gave it away. But let's talk about the Bucks' second leading scorer through two games. Did you know that? I didn't think of that, but it makes sense. He is. He's got thirteen per game. Drew's at twelve and a half. Bobby's at twelve. Grayson's at eleven and a half. We're gonna talk about all these players, maybe in that order. But we've got to talk about Brooke. I tweeted early in the Rockets game. Brooke has unironically been the Bucks' best player so far. That did not hold through that game, not because of Brooke, but just because of, you know, Giannis kind of on a whole different level. But it's funny because you you could look at his stats, right? And, oh, my God, he's shooting 39% from the field. What's wrong? It's because nine of his 11 and a half shots per game have been threes, and he's making nearly 39% of those. The shot looks great, but more importantly, his mobility, his defense, oh, my God, like, I don't know how he's averaging 3.5 blocks a game, which is a huge number. He should have had like eight against Houston. I I don't know how he always seems to end up with less on the stat sheet than it feels like, but he was just annihilating shots at the rim. Like they kept trying. I think my favorite, I don't remember if it was Jabari Smith jr. Or maybe KPJ is like trying to fly kind of from the baseline and poster him. And oh, it, was just, it was KPJ. It was KPJ. Brooke just annihilates him out of bounds. And I was like, why would you? It was like the late in the second quarter or something. I was like, have you not seen the whole game? What are you thinking? That's got to be a floater, in my what, man. In what situation do you think <laughs> this was going to work? <laughs> I just kept, I, I literally, I was watching this game cackling. Absolutely cackling. They just kept trying. I mean, shouts to the Rockets who did not give up. Maybe should have adjusted that game plan a little bit because they were finding nothing. I mean, I got to look how many fouls he picked up. Honestly, not that many um, in the game, which is a good sign, I think. He had three. He had three fouls, which given the amount of rim contests he had is not bad at all. Let's and see. one of them, I remember, came after a, success, uh, uh, a play where – he got the block, got the offense, like someone else got the offensive yep. rebound, and then tried to go up. I think it was there, Jalen. There was one play where it was Brooke and Drew in the paint, and the Rockets got the board like three times and still didn't score because Drew working on the, the ball when it's below the level, and then Brooke just annihilating anything that got up to his arms. He ends up with nine points on three for seven shooting, three for six from deep, five boards, but the box, again, the rebounds never tell, the rebound stat does not tell the, the tale with Brooke. His boxing out is insane. Two assists, two steals, one turnover, five blocks. Five. Oof. That's got to feel good. The Bucks as a team had ten. <laughs> three, for, three for Drew. Somehow none for Giannis in that game. Three blocks for Drew. I think a lot came on a couple possessions down low. Although he did have... Uh, the Rockets were getting hot from three and Drew just flies through the air and smacks a, a three-point attempt into the backcourt. Oh, yeah, that was Eric Gordon, wasn't it? I totally missed that was him. I feel like I only knew of the young guys in this game. I forgot Eric Gordon even existed, to tell you the truth. It was not Eric Gordon. There we go. So I win. Yeah. I did forget he existed Who either was way. It? <laughs> um, it might Where's be- Eric Gordon? It might have been. I wonder. They might have just sent him home. Okay, so I was. I was. I feel good about not remembering Eric Gordon in this Why game. Why did at all. I think it was Eric Gordon? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was one. Of, it might have been Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, that feels like it could have been. Um, I don't. I don't remember exactly who it was. I'm still not used to short hair KPJ either. I don't know how long it's been, yeah. but I just remember him with the distinctive long hair. But um, yeah, Drew. Drew's defense was. Fair. But do you, what, do you, first, you you go on Brook. I want to hear your thoughts on the big fella. Might be the defensive player of the year. Is that is that too far out of the realm of possibility? I think yes, just because of his teammates. Yeah. I, I said this with Drew as well. I just feel like Gian, if it's not Giannis, it's not going to be a buck. I think the the better question is, can he sneak onto an all-defense team? And with I Embiid, mean, he did. He did three years ago? I think so, yeah. So it's not, but he's older now. Like, how much is he going to play is something we can talk about. You know, he played a decent amount. The whole team did, but I think Eric Name pointed this out, and I was thinking the same. Uh, it ended up only being 28 minutes for Brooke. I mean, honestly, no one played that much. It just felt like it because they were up by so much. Like, the Bucks don't play again till Wednesday, so I, it kind of makes sense that, um, you know, they would really want want the guys to get some run in before a pretty long layoff. The problem is it's got. he probably has to be one of the two best defensive centers in the league, according to the voters, 
to get in. And you know, Gobert is always going to be a staple. Bam, I think maybe maybe Bam could end up sliding to the four on some, on ballots. I think Embiid has not had a good start to the season in any sense, so that is certainly beneficial to Brook. I mean, that's that's maybe the guy who has to miss out for Brook to get in. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I think he has a chance. The Bucks right now are second in the NBA in defensive rating. They slid up from like last to twelfth in offensive rating thanks to the Houston game. Um, so they're certainly on the come up there. But what what did you think uh, outside of his DPOI case about the big fella? I think he's made him like you you mentioned this up top. He's shooting a lot of threes, and it, it it's it's going in at a pretty solid rate uh, so far. He's at thirty nine percent, which is would be his highest in years if it kept up on that pace. But is that Ever? more of a concern? It probably is. Because I think in the, the year we got really excited about, yeah, he shot 36%. Yeah, that was... 18-19, uh, 18, 18, the first, his first Bucks year. He shot 34% two years in a row before that. Then he has not reached... He was 35% last year, but nearly 36 obviously on like 13-game volume or whatever. Yeah. So if he can if he can be like an almost 40% three-point shooter, that'd be ridiculous, considering we know that Brooke likes to shoot the ball <laughs> a lot, yes, especially like the, the, the walk-up threes, just his thing, no matter if there's a guy in his face or not. He, he does not do care. <laughs> and and he, if he's making them, fair enough, fair enough. Are we buying that he is, though? I still almost feel like I'd like to see him get a little more volume around the rim. I know he's hot right now, and I'm fine just kind of riding that. But or is that is that more a concerted effort to save him a little bit no, of the beating? So. That's that's a that's a fair point because he takes it a lot of the like defensive end. Yeah, you don't want to wear him out too much on the offensive end. Yeah, that's a good point. Then I guess I'm fine with that. I would say. You know, hopefully then the volume for him adjusts if he does start to cool down, right? Because he is, he's taking a team high nine threes per game right now. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. This um, is the same without Chris. I mean, nine I mean, threes Chris is not going to put a high number, man. That's like yeah. early prime Steph Curry numbers. Um, How much did Chris put up a game last year? On threes, no way that many. 6.6. I was oh going to say, God. that nine is probably more. Obviously, it's been two games. But nine is probably more than Chris has ever averaged because he likes the midi too much. Yeah, 6.6 was actually his career high last year. Wow. Yeah, hopefully he sets another career high this year. But, um, yeah, the big fella. Just remember. We, it was sounding. It was a, a quiet talking point for us, like, Oh, he's looking a little slow in preseason. We, we said, oh, we're not going to worry about Bucks. it. We're going to give him some time. You, you didn't say that? You, you no. didn't agree with that? Let's say no. Okay, sure. He does not look a little slow right now, um, to say the least. So that's just very comforting, right? Very nice to see that, that Brooks certainly still has it. For sure. We're not taking the reading materials at all. No, the reading materials are shoved shoved away from our faces. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Brooke, Brooks' game has been, it's been so fun to watch, especially considering the season he had last year. We're all wondering, oh my God, is he going to play? How's he going to look? And we knew that he looked good coming back in the postseason and those last couple regular season games. If you're watching this on YouTube, watch, watch that right now. It's really fun. <laughs> Having some difficulties uh, here. We're figuring um, it out. But it's uh, it's good to see Brooke looking like the Brooke Lopez we know and love. Like he's talked about how his back surgery was actually probably going to help him. Usually people say that and then it's like, oh, maybe you're old and you had back surgery. Like maybe that's not going to happen. But for Brooke, so far, so far, early returns say it's actually true. 100%, um, which is just terrific. And I think certainly would not be mad if we didn't see him on back-to-backs. Like it would certainly cost the bucks and I, 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 I mean yeah i mean here's here's the thing we can talk about yeah surge sucks <laughs> yeah yeah he's not we'll say his shot okay, looks he okay. Su- sucks and that's, is, and that's sucks why he's harsh. here sucks was harsh to say he 66 67 from three rohan yes he he's does two not for suck. three it's been he's not very good little, it's been disappointing his hands don't work no. Outside of shooting when threes. Hands don't work, oh. Hands don't work. oh, nice. Good pull. Thank you. I so my, my new rule, Dua, Dua, is he should not ever be past the ball within the arc. Just don't do it. Like they Javon and Grayson keep doing it. 
And every time it's like ball hits Serge's hand, ball hits ground, ball hopefully is back to Serge's hands, and he's putting up some awful hook shot. The one upside is he's pretty good at getting his own offensive rebounds. It's still no guarantee he's going to make the next shot, though, which it's just a problem. Um, I think beyond the arc, his shot looks good. He's hitting him early. Like, that's fine. He's got to be like a very limited, very limited minutes guy. Certainly should not start if Brooke is out. I just think they need to go back to the Bobby Giannis, uh four or five combo in, in some limited run. But what I was going to say is, honestly, the way Brooke looks, I mean, we don't know behind the scenes and, and off days. Maybe he doesn't need to take any games off entirely outside of like some some rare instances. Maybe it's just like lesser minutes on those games, right? And he plays what's he he's averaging 30 minutes a game, so clearly they're not that worried about him early. But maybe he's playing 24 on both both sides of a back-to-back and then we have like 12 minutes of surge a game or something, right? Like it's all situational. I I do think you just don't want to overexert him cuz he's clearly so important. Like we kind of we didn't really talk about it, like have this specific convo, but you know, I think at least on the back of my mind, right? Like, okay, if Brooke is not the same, who's going to be guy number four? And it's it's kind of a dicey combo. I mean, I, I think I would lean Pat, but obviously we haven't seen him play this year. Um, but it's like, no, Brooke is still number four. And now that that's just such a nice feeling that now we can talk about guy number five, which then that means in most most situations, it's just less holes you have to worry about. So yeah, I just I don't know what's best. I think the Bucks do. I trust them, whatever they want to do. But really, just hope that we we can see this version of Brook in the playoffs too, because the Bucks are a whole different team when the big fella is eating. For sure, we're team team Raptors for Brook. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Speaking of Raptors, Drew Holiday. I, I Very, don't have that much. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Sixers game was. Tumultuous, it's just class, classic chaotic without Chris Drew game. I think. Yeah, which I'm not a fan of, honestly. No. But then, yeah, it's it, it's it's really you see the full dichotomy of it. Like you see, oh, a chaotic Drew in the Sixers game. It's like, what on earth are you doing? And then in the the start of the Rockets game, it's like, oh my god, he's doing it. <laughs> like it's just a matter of whether the shots go in or not, which yeah. obviously is the biggest part of it. But yeah. it's it's like a similar shot selection that he had against the Sixers than he that he had against the Rockets. It's just that he was who who's a Mark Jones who loves to say he's hotter than fish grease. Yeah, he hotter, than, hotter fish than fish grease. grease. Yeah, against the against the Rockets, but uh against the uh, against the Sixers he felt like he was in uh the frozen tundra. Yeah, the fish grease was was ice cold against the Sixers. I, I just think this is why he's scoring wise the third guy. Um and that's just more inconsistency and even I don't even know how Chris dependent it is. I just feel like I guess the Chris Chris is just like insurance and keeping his, Drew's shots a little lower total. But I think I mean we've seen Drew with the Bucks fully healthy have some some games where he's just like they just inexplicably don't go in. And I, I, I really I've I've thought about it. I've watched the tape. I don't see a clear reason. It just feels like some days he's on, some days he's off, and he's on more often. But the days he's off, he is just off. I will say averaging nine assists per game, both games. Like if you watch him with the ball, the possessions where he's not shooting feels like every playmaker, every possession he is setting up, especially the role players. Like he's done a great job getting them good passes this season. Obviously you can throw to Giannis at any point. It might be an assist, but I think Drew is getting, getting through the first level of defense, creating great shots on the defensive end. He's been outstanding. He is making his first team all defense case. Just, blowing up multiple possessions per game, which is, again, we talked about when we first got, when the Bucks first got Drew, I guess we first got the, the privilege of watching him every night. The oh, difference yeah, between... That's that, uh, that 6.30 a.m. pod we did for Bogdan and Drew. Uh, different different time. But, like, it's the difference between Bledsoe, who is a great positional defender, and Drew, who is a defensive playmaker. And that has been totally on display this season. Like, he is blowing stuff up left and right. Awesome the first play of the game, Ty. First yeah. play of the game on defense for the Bucks against the Rockets. He just like steals a handoff between yep. Garuba and Jalen He, he Green knew the play. He was there and he was gone. It was awesome. Yeah, I I, I did a couple. I pulled a couple of clips from the Sixers game and did did a little analysis on Twitter and like included uh included some Drew passing and defensive highlights. So it's just it's it's been 
it's been full on Drew Holiday. Like, even though we've talked, like, the shooting, it's there, it's not there, whatever. His playmaking is going to be there. His defense is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's just the Drew Holiday story. And, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think I love Drew. And Same. I trust him in the How biggest How can you moments. not? How can you not love Drew? You know, those people see that first game stat line and go, oh, brother. And I get that's it. Fair. It was painful. It was it was tough to watch. Um, but that's true. I just feel like, you know how they say, and obviously, you know, Drew is not cold cocking anyone. But, you know, like we just have to let Draymond be Draymond because that's how we get the best and worst. You just have to take both. That's where I'm at with Drew. Um, it's just like, yeah, okay, I get it. I know it's going to be bad sometimes. I'll live with it. The highs are championships, so that that works for me. Yeah, and the lows are seven game series. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some, some some yeah. So it's not always wins. That Boston series had some some tough Drew moments as well. It looks like yeah. there's an angel about to fly into my screen. I'm, we're just gonna roll with this. There's nothing. We're having a <laughs> lot of tech issues. We're fine. We're fine. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, real quick, I want to talk about Bobby. His stats look amazing. He's got 55-40 shooting splits, 12 points, 9 rebounds. He hasn't impressed me that much, though. No, I haven't. I haven't felt there's been a massive impact. It's like very. It's very here and there, which I guess is okay. I mean, if he's going to be overall very helpful, very strong shooting numbers, and and the offensive rebounds are big. He had two per game, leading the Bucks so far. Nine boards per game, is second on the team. I just think he's been fine. I'd like to see more, but you know, it's it's only been two games. I'm not sounding an alarm yet. For sure. No, there's no need to sound an alarm yet. Like, it's uh, it's fine. He's coming in. He's making a solid offensive impact. I think maybe we're not seeing much of an impact because that's almost what we expect from Bobby at this point. Like, that's just who he is. That's his role on this team. And it's especially when you have guys like Brooke Lopez stepping up, like Bobby Portis, like his offensive like um, output isn't as needed. Like, it's obviously needed and it's important. But what I'm saying is, like, it's not like, oh, my God, they need Bobby Portis to put up 15 a game. Otherwise, this team is, like, in shambles. Like, they don't – it's not that situation anymore. Do you do you get what I'm trying to say? I do. I don't know. I, I do feel like – I think they need a little bit more. And I know they're 2-0. But without Chris, I do think he's one of the guys. And I just – again, I, I love Brooke. I just don't think he's going to continue to shoot 39% from three. Would love if he did. But I do think they could use a little more from Bobby uh, and Grayson Allen, who we'll talk about here as well. But, like, the thing is, like, I haven't seen anything from Bobby that makes me disappointed or anything negative about his performance either. I thought the first game he was kind of just okay. I didn't like some of the shots he was taking. I don't but know. But that's, that's what he does, though. I know. I know. That's his role on the team. Yeah. True. So I can't, I can't really be upset with what he's doing out there. No, I guess, Yeah. I'm not upset either. I just think it's been fine. I, you I think, sound I think upset we'll see now. better. I'm just I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. A little. Just slightly. I'm so, we're so should, used to the, you know, Bobby, 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 huge moments where he comes through like a couple possessions in a row. Feels like it's been one at a time. Like he'll get an offensive rebound and a put back. And you know, Pfizer was going crazy when he did that on Saturday. And then I just felt like we didn't hear from him the rest of that stint. I don't know. That's fair. It's but early. it's also probably more dynamism in the offense in general. Yeah. 
Could be. It's still early. It'll it'll be a trend we monitor. Yeah, that's fair. I just think given what he can do on offense and the guys who are out, I'd like to see him a little more involved. Fair. Very fair. Grayson Allen, who has taken half a shot more than Bobby Portis and eight more minutes per game, which checks out for their relative uh, proclivity for shooting or not shooting. Grayson's interesting. I... I I thought about giving him an upstock for the Saturday game, and then I looked at the stats. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it's three for eleven again, shooting twenty eight percent from the field, thirty point eight percent from three, twenty five percent from two. He's got three assists to one point five turnovers. So I did say I wanted two plus assists from Grayson per game. We are getting that. For me right now, it's entirely eye test versus stats for Grayson because I. Defense, he was bad against Houston. That I'll get that out of the way now. But offensively, at least, I like what he's been doing. It just feels like he's not not finishing plays that he should be able to finish. Like I don't feel like he's biting off more than he can chew. He's just kind of blowing some looks. So where I'm at with him, and I, I want your take as the head of the Grayson Allen fan club, but I want to check in in like a week, 10 days, and see, is he doing the same things? And are his numbers up? Because I think they will be. And then I'm all on board with this Grayson start to the year. But I do, obviously, at some point, he does need to start converting these looks, especially when he gets okay looks in the paint and he's just not been hitting them. Yeah, I think I think the process has been good. The results have been a little eh because yeah. he's not hitting his shots. But I yeah. think it's good process. Agreed. Especially, like, starting with the Sixers game. He was making quick, quick decisions. And that's something I really wanted to see from Grayson Allen uh, this season. I talked about it during the offseason. Like, oh my, if the if Grayson Allen can just be like dynamic when he gets the ball in his hands off of like a Giannis pass or like a Chris pass, obviously we haven't seen that yet. But if you can be dynamic as a release valve, that's where your value is going to skyrocket because the defense is going to be leveraged Try, like it's going to be out of position if you're getting the ball because they're going to Giannis, they're going to Chris, they're going to Drew, whatever. You need to leverage that, exploit that immediately before the defense can get set again. And it looks like Grayson is making a good, like he, he's trying his best to do that. That was more on display during the Sixers game because they obviously are a better defense than the Houston Rockets. Uh, they have smarter defenders, they have better defenders. Uh, so it, it's kind of, it's kind of, tough to tell when you play like a porous defense such as Houston yeah but uh with the Sixers he was making those quick decisions he was like reading the play before the ball even got to him he was making good drives he was making good passes hey, he was made, making good reads made two game-winning plays doing those exactly. things you're talking about against exactly Philly. yeah he had the cut to tie the game and he had the pass to Wes Matthews for the game winner it's good process. Like yeah. he's hitting his deep threes as well. Maybe that's the lethal shooter. The, from he's the just dot not... in Fiserv dot forum last night, I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, he's hitting those. He hit a deep three against the Sixers as well, I believe. But then just on open corner threes, he's just bricking them. And that's something that's going to change. He's too good a shooter to not hit those, not convert those. Yeah. I think I think it's just you have to, tr- like, ironic to say this here, you have to trust the process. I agree. The Sixers are trusting the process right now. They're in the Wemby sweepstakes. But uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think I, I just need to see him start hitting them, especially I'm not as worried about the threes just because, I mean, we know he can hit threes. I want to see him start knocking down more of those shots around the rim, though, because that is something we've we've just seen less of, I think. But I like the process for Grayson, and I'm willing to certainly give him more time before I'm all that worried about him. Let's talk about another offense first wing who I think is also a little divisive. Jordan Wara, who's been the one of the three young wings that has gotten to really play so far. We did see Marjan Bochamp's debut, played two minutes, hit a nice, a nice take uh, to the rim against Houston at the end of that game. like it finish over Boba? Yeah. Like, ooh. And he pumped up the crowd after. I was like, that's a cool, that's a cool first moment for the rookie. Uh, but Wara is playing 17. Jersey swap with Tari Eason, the, the, the rookie, rookie jersey swap. Super random. Super random, but we like that. But Wara, because uh, we just don't have that much more on Bochamp. But we get to see him play a little bit. He may play with the herd. We'll talk about that a little later. But 7.5 points a game for Wara, three rebounds, um, no assists, 1.5 turnovers. 
shooting 54% from the field, 60% from three, 50% from two. So the stats are there. I don't know. There's been moments where I've thought like, oh, he's kind of fitting in pretty well. And it felt like both games started that way. And then as the game went on, I just got more same old Wara vibes. But he is scoring. He is scoring efficiently, which the Bucks do need right now. What is what is your take on the early Jordan Wara experience? Nothing exciting me. You know, it's just sort of like if you can be a catch and shoot guy, fine. Like, just don't try to do too much. I have zero expectations for Jordan Wara at this point. So just if you can hit your shots, that's that's good on you, my guy. Because I don't know, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel any different. Like it almost feels like he's showing showcasing less of his skills nowadays to fit in, which is I guess good in in some aspects, but it's just it's nothing makes me go, wow, okay, Jordan War is really impressing me here. Like, sure, you get a catch and shoot three, you hit that. Good job, man. Uh, that is good I for him so. though, because he has been bad at those. That's a big deal for him. He's I think yeah. it's a big deal he shot well on catch and but shoot. There's that's true, but there's also possessions like there was one in the Sixers game where it's like he grabs the ball, Giannis is in front of him in yep. transition, he just doesn't pass the ball to Giannis. Yeah, no assists yet, which is well, I'm hoping that doesn't go for too many more yeah, games. Giannis is at half. Giannis was at half court. I wish I remembered exactly when this was. Giannis was at half court, and Jordan Ward gets the rebound like near the basket and just goes right to the rim. I mean, I think they like swung it around and got a three at the end of the possession, but it's like. It's good process. I mean, good result, bad process in that yeah. situation. Because the most efficient shot would be, okay, here's Giannis in transition going to the rim. That's good. With That's no very take good. Fall. Yes, which has been amazing. That's, that If Giannis gets MVP three, it's because of the no take foul thing, I think, because you can defenses just are like helpless. Like you can see M- it. M three P? M V three? M V three. Three M three V P. We'll work. We'll workshop that. Did I say three MP? That doesn't make any sense. Three uh, most player. <laughs> um, we did. We used our GSPN text line to take some poll, like basically um, see if which of the three young wings people liked best or thought would fill in. Pretty much no Wara. Um, the only close to Wara answers were I want it to be Wara, but I think Marjan. A lot of just Mamu Sandman. All caps. A lot of a lot of people like in, and then a lot of Marjan. Um, it's a lot of a lot of the a lot of the sentiment there is like, you know, I don't think it's quote Wara can't play winning basketball in my opinion. Um, one said Marjan mostly because I don't believe in the other two. Uh, Bochamp because his name has Champ in it. So Wara was not getting a lot of love from GSPN listeners as the guy. He has gotten the first crack. I think. More experience, you know, just got the contract. He's just been around and played at the NBA level more. I, I think, I don't know. I, like, I see the upside. I see the vision. And I don't think he's deserved to lose his, his small role in the rotation because I think he's been okay. But I would like to see Marjan get a crack before he gets, like, sentenced to G League or whatever else. Like, he looked good. That take was really good. If he can take to the rim, make some corner threes – I think he could be much more beneficial to the Bucks than Wara. And in this early season, it just makes sense to give guys like that a shot. So whether it's one of the back-to-backs coming up or just generally making a swap there, I hope we get to see Marjan and Mamu get a shot to step in. does not seem like we're going to get that much Mamu um, or Marjan, but I really hope they, they at least get a shot. Because I think Wara's been okay, but it just, I don't know, it feels a lot like same old Wara. Maybe a little better... But that's not saying a ton, considering how low we've been on him. Yeah, it's just that's that's what I keep coming back to as well. Same old, same old for Jordan Wara. I'm just not seeing any. I'm just not seeing anything that makes me think he's going to be a long term piece. I'm just I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I might it. be just too far out. If he keeps this efficiency up, I think you kind of just roll with him all year in this limited role, and then probably don't play it much in the playoffs. Because I mean, you know, as much as we're shaking our, our heads at it, I mean, if he's going to shoot. I mean, we're not going to be 60, but if he's like 50, 40 ish for his field goal to three points that splits or 50, 50, 40 or whatever. I mean, that is there's just value there. I mean, it's he can score without needing much setup. Like it's it's not nothing. But I think I at least hope that maybe he could step forward and like firmly put himself in the rotation. I have not felt like that so far. He's, like, he's played. He's played at a replaceable level. 
Yeah, I think above in scoring and below in everything else. For sure. And that balances out to, yeah, replacement level. We'll see. We'll monitor it. Especially in this rotation where there are guys we'd like to see, hey, maybe they can replace him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's so limited, not just the two minutes, but like preseason and stuff. I, I would like to see a little more Marjan, but um, I also think maybe he is just a year away. This is going to be divisive. George Hill has played better than Javon Carter so far this season. I saw Eugene, our tremendous Eurostep uh, assistant producer, Eugene Hosutoglu, tweeted this. I quote tweeted, said, agreed. I don't think Carter's been bad. And we'll get to a starter combo. I don't think he should start. I don't think that's his role. I think he's just kind of been okay. Defense has been okay. Has I mean, the shooting looks terrible now because he was bad against Houston. He was one for two from deep against the Sixers. So it's literally one bad game. I saw some, oh, uh, um, uh, Carter's shooting dried up. Like, no, he's been a, a bad game. Like, he's not going to hit 58% of his threes or whatever every single game. But I just, I don't know. The turnovers for me have been have been pretty rough. He's got a 2.5 to 3 assist to turnover per game right now, which is obviously not good. I just think he's looks more comfortable in that second unit versus starting games. I just I was open to the idea, but it has not done it for me. It's been yeah, I think his I think his role is primarily as a back like I'd love to see him with the ball in his hands more as a backup point guard. Like, I, I don't think him as a starter has been terrible. Like, I'm not upset about it, really. Like, he like him and Drew are just a defensive backcourt monster. Yeah. Like, look at what they did at points against James Harden and Tyrese Maxey in the game against the Sixers. Like, that's that's a game where you're like, oh, shoot, we, we need this here. Like, that yeah. two-headed monster. And then when you go into the Houston game, you also have dynamic guards on the floor. Like, you have KPJ, you have Jalen Green. Like you'd like to have like that two-headed monster out there again, but if you're playing just a, a normal run-of-the-mill team without two dynamic guards, I think Javon Carter is probably better suited as a backup point guard. I just think he looks a little overmatched as a starter, even if he's helpful defensively. Like I, I would rather this is, and I, I don't. We might see this. I think West deserves to start. I get if they're not going to because he's coming off an injury and he's old. West just looks he looks like West again. You know, he hasn't he hasn't had the wow moments Brooke what's, Lopez. What's has. the word Ty? What does he look? Zippy. Yeah. I, I said last night, like he's not the best on the Bucks at any given thing. Like there is at least at least someone better at literally everything related to basketball. But the combination of skills he has are just at the great no one has, no one's better. I mean Giannis though. That's the thing. It's like I think there's always someone you could say is. But the combo of skills, and he just has this sense of timing. I just feel like he just knows when he's needed. He's like Batman. He just knows when they need him, and he's just there. Where's the West signal? And I, the, the West signal, I don't know. He he, he's the only one who sees it, but he knows. I mean, the, the three to beat Philly, right? Like, he's just there. Love Wes. Uh, but I get it. They don't want to start him. It wouldn't shock me if we saw a George Hill start at some point in this early going and people will lose their minds. He's better suited, I think, to play off of Drew than Javon is. He's bigger. He's shooting 83% from the field. <laughs> just, he doesn't take many shots, but when he does, they're really good shots. Uh, 6.5 points, three assists, one, one turnover per game. He's just been really good. He's been very, very solid. The George Hill we expect. Uh, I think John in the GSPN Discord said, you know, IMO hot take, but when his spinal fluid is in place, he's a better player. It has looked like that um, and really been impressed with what George Hill is yet to miss a two this season. Only he and Bochamp, who has taken exactly one, can say that. I mean, yeah, George Hill's been good. He's been solid. He's been better off ball. He's been a good he's been a good wing. He's not really a a guard in this this team anymore. He's been a good wing. And I think that transition, that's something we've talked about in the offseason. It's something that actually has materialized, and I think it's working really well for all parties involved. He's like he's like a wing that does a little, like, every now and again, they get him moving with the ball in his hands. It's like a Chris. very good balance. Yeah. Like a very scaled-down version. Three, four years ago, Chris. Even like, like but then half Five of that. Five years ago. But then half of that. 
<laughs> yeah, a poor man's five years ago, Chris. It almost, it almost reminds me of like earlier Wes Matthews a little, and they would use him. They'd use him on ball for some stuff, but not very the much. Post up. No, no, that's a bad comp. I don't, I don't know exactly who I'm thinking of here, but it's, it's just I think they're, they've got him in a perfect role, and they're using him really well, and he looks good. He looks healthy. And I, I'm still all in on Javon. I just think they're at they're they're looking for a little too much from him. I think. Yeah, maybe he might be a little bit overmatched. That's I mean, fair to say. Th- I mean, this is a guy who the come up has been quick, but again, he got released for, so the Nets could get Goran Dragic and was not getting calls. And the Bucks brought him in and played him off the bench, and he played really well. But that doesn't mean that, you know, he's just going to keep like the linear progression thing, right? Like it doesn't, this isn't Madden or 2K where, oh, it's been another season. So this guy gets 5% better at everything. It's just not, not how it works. I just think, you know, I think he's, he can be a top seven, eight guy in the rotation, but there's just a huge difference between that and starter. And that's just been my take. It also, it's been two games. Maybe, maybe he turns it around and, and really impresses over the next couple, but it just has not been there so far. For sure. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out, whether he continues to start or not, if whether he continues to struggle a little bit. Maybe he just needed some time to get his feet wet. That's yeah. also an option. We're still Javon but, Carter believers for sure. Oh, 100 percent. It's early. Like these are all early things. We it's nothing's definitive yet for yeah. anything we've seen. Except Giannis. Yeah, I was going to say except yeah. Giannis. MV3. Giannis, Giannis is the angel about to come into your room. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone. Uh, I think we talked about every rotation player. Who would you start tomorrow uh, if you were coach? Uh, they don't play tomorrow. Who would you start on Wednesday? <laughs> I was going to say, I'd, I'd start no one because they don't have coach a game. Bud. Uh, I'd probably, who are they even playing the Nets? I, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want you to think matchups too much. Okay. I just mean for a general, because I don't okay. think Bud does. I'd, I just probably, like, I'd start? probably start Wes. Yeah. I think that's the best. Wes and Grayson. I think that's the best starting five for right now. I like Bobby off the bench still. I like Javon off the bench. I would not mind to see Drew Hill, but I just think it would light Twitter on fire. I think it's a good. Yeah, it's I don't. Good I don't want to. I don't want to have to be the guy that's going out there defending George Hill for everything. So let's just not. <laughs> I'll do it. I've been buying the George Hill Redemption Tour stock. Give me a George Hill start. Let's see how it goes. I mean, we get, we got him an up stock yesterday. We did for the Rockets game. Not yesterday, as you're listening to this. But yeah, he deserved it, man. He did. He played well. He's like you said, he's shooting the ball well. He's doing what he needs to do. Nothing's nothing about his game is upsetting me. And uh, him playing, I, say, I can't wait to circle back to this in like five months and be like, oh my God, what is happening? I don't know if we will. He's playing. The thing is, like, he's playing roughly the same could minutes be, as Javon. Could be in a good way. I, I never said it was a bad way. That's true. The minutes breakdown is interesting so far. What's interesting about it? Well, obviously, here, let me sort by so I'm not missing anyone. But obviously, like, Drew at the top, which Drew usually plays a ton of minutes. He's he's a tank. Like, I feel like he's he's good at that. Giannis, Brooke Lopez at 30, I think is a little high. But, again, the Bucks know more than us. And then Grayson at 30. Okay, those are your – those are, you know, kind of your core four while Chris is out, although Grayson hasn't played well. Then Javon and Bobby. Javon more than Bobby. I know he started, but I still think that's a little interesting – they have not gone away from Javon, despite the kind of bad start. So Javon, Bobby, neck and neck, and then Hill has really been the seventh guy. There's a five-minute-per-game difference between Hill and Wara, and then Wes at 16. I think that's a little bit saving Wes. And again, he was a guy who did not play in the preseason because of an injury, so I think they're trying to get him into shape a little bit. But I, I would certainly expect Wes to move up as we go, and we'll see, like, can Wara hang on? You know, the, the Hill-Portis-Carter grouping, I think that I think that's going to change up a little bit as we go. I think Bobby will move up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the natural progression, right? I think yeah. I really like Javon and Bobby as a two-man combo. Yeah. What do, what do we call them? Jababi. Jababi? Jababi. Jababi. Old family guy. Bit. Bavon? Bavon. <laughs> Bavon Carter. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the same. Um, what 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 else has stuck out to you? I feel like we've talk, touched on everyone who's really played. Yeah, we have. Uh, the new defense, I like it. I mean, there's some lapses. Drew gets over help happy. Bobby misses sometimes, but 
they're still, I mean, the Rockets shot a ton of threes. I also just think that's a team that's just going to shoot a lot of threes. And I thought a lot of them were contested. Like, I, I don't think it's worth saying the new defense is not working now because Houston shot and made a good percent of their threes. Like they, they were just, they were hitting contested threes. Like that's teams do That's a team that will do that. I think overall, I've liked the way they've played so far on both ends. For sure. Uh, and especially a lot of the threes that Houston was taking were a lot of like step backs going up. Yeah. Like, uh, just... like someone was going under a screen accidentally or something yeah. like that. Yeah. There was some of that. I don't think that's necessarily the same as their new defense. No, it's not. That's what I'm trying to. Yeah. Like that's just a weird aside thing. And also like, yeah. you know, okay, some of these guys are hitting threes. You're like, all right, I guess, you know, we're just going to live. Like, if... like Jalen Green is the number two overall pick for a reason. Yeah. Like he's Kenyon good, Martin man. Shooting forty. Tari Eason, three or four from deep. It's like, okay, I mean, sure. Tari Eason's good. Jalen Green's really good. Like the Rockets have some really, really talented rookies. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, I think uh, they weren't shooting thirty-seven good threes. Was my take on that? Or you know, not good. Not to be like Paul George after Dame hit that shot on him or anything. But I don't think they were shooting thirty-seven. You know, wide open scheme threes. Like they no. were just pulling up and shooting threes. There's only so much you can do about that. Exactly. But otherwise, I think that's my last Bucks topic. I'm excited to watch yeah. it more. I know. I it feels it feels good to be back, Ty. It really does. Feels really good to be back. I love it, Dwayne Wade vid, vid clip. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Meta World piece. I love basketball too. Yeah, you love. Have that you been, one. Have that's you been league clip. pass surf? Who's your Who's your league pass team so far? I've been I've been national TV surfing more than league pass. I don't have league pass, but I'm going to catch national games and Bucks games this year. Um. I did enjoy – it's fun watching the Lakers because you get to see the, the teams beating up on them so much. Otherwise, I'm And I'm the really, Sixers, I guess, to that same extent. That's fair. I, they lost to the Spurs, man. That's just so – at home. At home. Oh, my God. Devin Vassell, he's that guy? <laughs> sure. I really I really want to watch more Pelicans, though, because – Pelicans the Pelicans like seem like, yeah, like – I think there's teams in the West are just like legit worried about them now. It's not like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs top six. It's like, oh, they oh, might they're, they're in the playoffs. A, yeah, they're a finals contender. Yeah. Like a conference finals at least. Uh, I think finals contender. No one in the West has looked amazing outside of yeah. them. I really. mean, if, you, if you're a conference finals contender, you're a finals contender. Exactly. So it'll they, – they're really good. The Magic have been surprisingly fun. Yeah. All like the bad bowl, teams. Bowl, all the bowl, bad bowl teams. playing real minutes. All the bad teams seem to be having a little moment. The Pacers? My Pistons? Jordan's Pacers? Benedict Mathurin has been balling? Him and Tyrese he's, look he's... like a backcourt of the future. Yeah, Ben Matt looks like an MVP candidate. Whew. Yeah. It's been, it's a, I, I, love, I, love the, I love the NBA. I love basketball. Man. Yeah. You know what's good basketball as well? Wisconsin Herd. Yes, sir. Let's do it. So we attended the draft party, 2022 G League draft party, and got to speak to Herd head coach Chase and Allen afterward about the roster ahead of camp. Uh, if you didn't know, Herd season starts a little later. Their first game is not until November 4th in Oshkosh. So they, they still have camp and, and getting the roster together for the season. But we both reported from the draft party. They took uh, Joe Weiskamp with the second pick, who is – you know, that name may sound familiar. Iowa standout drafted top 41. Top 41 sounds hilarious. But 41st overall by the Spurs last year, I think was pretty close to making their roster before he got cut. I had him as the top player in the G League draft. Sam Merrill ends up going first to the Cleveland Charge, who also took Rashad Vaughn. They are just obsessed with former Bucks. But Diakite on a two-way deal as well. as well. Yeah, if he so. scores twenty in a game, I win the bet. NBA game. NBA game. I said. I said NBA. You just said game, and I want oh, to make it. Clear. I meant. To, I meant to say it. No, I meant to. I mean NBA. I, I was going to say. I just want to make it clear for watching them in Oshkosh and and Diakite scores twenty. I'm, you're not winning that, but um, but I think Wisecamp, uh, Alex Zedekumpo confirmed on the roster. Lindell Wigginton, who who is going to be exciting to watch this year. I think there's a couple guys on that roster who can push uh, AJ Green for the two-way contract over the course of the season. But what are you, what are your thoughts on the herd draft party and the herd roster going into the year? I mean, it was a good time. The draft party was a good time for sure. Um, 
but like the the moves they made, they were good. They got uh, they got wise camp. Like you have a guy who has NBA experience, who's been with a good organization like the Spurs, and still has a ton of potential. You gotta you gotta take advantage of that, especially if you have like the second overall pick. Uh, like he was number one on your big board that you did. It's just it was a it was a good pick. You get Ty Flowers also in the first round, like a solid guy, can be a good shooter. I know uh, we'll talk. Uh, you'll hear the conversation with Chase and Allen, but they believe that this guy can be a good shooter, multi-positional defender, and just this roster in general. Like they have a lot of switchable guys. They have some actual size. They have shooters. They have playmakers. They have everything. Jonte Porter. Jonte Porter. Michael Porter yeah. Jr.'s brother, six foot eleven, center forward, who also can fill it up a little bit. Uh, and Jordan Bone is the other big time player to mention. Acquired him in a trade. Has really had some strong guard play in the G League before. Ibu Baji, seven foot one center. You don't see those every every roster. Yeah, in the seven G footers League. in the G League are uh, are a rare commodity. Yeah, so it's a really fun roster. I don't know exactly how the minutes will break down with some of these guys. Like I don't know how much Alex is going to play. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Iverson Molinar from summer league, and also I've, I found out Blake Marquart on the roster here. From Oshkosh, played with Tyrese Halliburton in high school. So that yeah, he was a, a, he was a lo- local player tryout. Right? Yeah, so really cool to see that he's on the camp roster. I mean, we still have to get to the regular season. I think there will be some some cut downs, but it would be a cool story if he made it for sure. But yeah, I think fun roster will be fun to watch. And obviously, you know, Windy City Bulls versus Wisconsin Herd as the first game of the season is. That's Costas versus Alex. So, uh, certainly, oh, it is. Uh, I didn't even think about that. A chance you see even more Tedekumpos in the building there, but certainly going to see some some brother versus brother games this year. The Bulls play the herd a lot, so that'll be fun too. As long as Costas is assigned, which we'll see if he's needed with the with the NBA club or not. Yeah. Um, let's let's see. Let's let's temper expectations for him with the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Hello. Had a good good summer with Greece. We liked what we saw. He did have a good summer with Greece. I will say that. Unfortunately, he had some injuries, but he was yeah. good when he played. He was. So let's uh, let's throw it to our, our interview. A semi-exclusive. The Herd was there too, but media outlet exclusive interview with Herd head coach Chase and Allen before the year on the G League draft, the outlook for the season, what they're prioritizing and everything else. And then we will uh, wrap this episode up. Coach, welcome back. Uh, obviously, here on the day of the G League draft, you guys take Joe Weisskamp number two, Ty Flowers later in the first round. We'd just love to hear what you guys see in those players, and and you know what you're, if you're excited to get them here in Oshkosh. Yeah, for for Joe at number two, great value. Uh, obviously, was taken in the draft uh, in 2021 with the Spurs. Brings NBA experience to us. He can uh, he can shoot the ball very well, uh, high efficiency, and we look for him to do that with us. Um, high character guy, kind of fits Bucks DNA. So great to have him aboard. And then uh, along the same lines, Ty Flowers can really shoot the ball, fill it up. LIU, um, I think he'll help our, our front court depth and uh, just give us versatility at that position. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if the, the roster has been totally released yet, but just wondering, you know, obviously usually guys who are with the Bucks in camp uh, end up on the herd later on. So wondering on the status of Lindell Willington, um, Ibu, uh, the center, I believe mm-hmm. I pronounced that wrong, and some of the other guys who we saw with the Bucks earlier. Yeah, so we're fortunate enough to get Lindell Willington back this year. Um, him back on our roster, obviously we saw the things he did for us last year and got the call up with the Bucks. He's been a part of our organization, so he knows what we're about and what we like to do. So glad to have him back. Ibu Baji, um, he'll be he'll be a, a great show for us at the center position, seven-footer, uh, can really get up and down the court, moves very well, blocks shots, and, and a rim roller, a lob threat. So uh, got him from camp, like Elijah Hughes. Uh, again, NBA experience, and you'll see as the season goes along or even here early in training camp, we have a lot of guys with NBA experience and know how to play the game the right way, and that's what we're going to ask them to do. A couple of more from the Bucks: uh, Jonte Porter and Alex Atetokounmpo. Are you expecting them to be in camp and compete for roster spots too? Yep, Jonte Porter. Obviously, we know who his brother is, uh, Michael Porter Jr. But he he does the same thing in terms of the Bucks DNA and what we like on the floor. Just a great human being off the floor, and then he can really fill it up beyond the arc. Um, I think we, we've gone to that in terms of our roster, guys that can really shoot the ball 
and with the likes of Jordan Bone, a point guard who's going to be able to get these guys involved, but Alex as well. For him, it's more so energy and creating extra possessions for us and, and finding his way uh, in the, on this team. And then uh, I, th I think we're, we'll be in good shape with the shooting we have, have going along with uh, the rest of our roster. Absolutely. It seems like, you know, shooting and NBA experience, two focuses yeah. for you. So you're kind of hoping that maybe hit the ground running with some more experienced guys and guys who can really space the floor for you? Yeah. Uh, a lot of these guys we've had in and kind of know what we're looking to do here early in training camp and have been around the butts within their training camp. So we look to get off to a fast start and play with the same type of pace we did last year and, and run and get shots up and create and play the possession game for us. Obviously, you've got the, the two-way players who factor in as well, A.J. Green and Sandro Mamukele-Shrelli. Mamu sometimes looks good, too good for the G League, too good for Summer League, really shined overseas. I know it's not up to you how often those guys are down here, but you know, going into the season, I guess how do you build expectations for those players, knowing that sometimes they'll be with you, sometimes they'll be with the parent club? Yeah, so we always go into the season with a plan and kind of give it to them as well. But we expect to have them. That's how we have to go in, expect to have those guys and expect them to be on our roster on the day, day in, day out uh, basis. But when we have them, obviously we saw the things Sandro was able to do for us last year, just playing them in different positions, uh, sometimes using them at the three, three, four, five for us, get them experience, and just get some playing time. AJ is new to us, obviously a rookie. We'll come in and along the same lines, can shoot the ball. We saw it in preseason with the Bucks, but he'll he'll do it well for us. It goes along right along with all the rest of our guys. Absolutely. I know there's been a focus on the Bucks, maybe changing up a little bit of their defense and, and less so on the offense, but it seems like a lot of ball screens in preseason and so far. You know, is it is this a situation where fans could expect the herd scheme to mirror the Bucks scheme with those changes, or is it a little more player dependent? It's obviously, you know, lacking the honest in the middle of the floor, which does help a, a bit for the NBA club. Right. Uh, we'll do the same things just for the instances that Sandro and AJ are with us, maybe even see Marjan uh, with us. So we want to do things similar so when they come to us, they can just uh, fall right into place. Absolutely. Um, last one I think I've got here, a couple of Bucks guys dealing with some injuries we've seen in the past, um, whether it was Jabari way back when or some more recent examples of maybe practicing, probably not playing with the herd, but mm -hmm. you know, do you expect that to be a, a, an element for either Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, or Joe Ingles to maybe get some time practicing with the guys since the Bucks just don't have as many practices? Um, I would hope so. Uh, last year we were able to do it with Dante's uh, rehab and I look, I look to do it this year. It'd be good for our guys to have that type of talent on the floor and, and help the Bucks and get them back in the, in the position they need to be uh, during the rehab process. So I love and encourage Bud and, and the group to have that happen. I'll let them know you said that. <laughs> yeah, Interesting to hear from Chase and Allen. I think I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, Heard Media Day coming up this week. Had said to talk to Heard GM as well as Chase and again, but the emphasis on shooting feels real. And I think Javin Delorier, a guy who had a really good defensive season with the herd, but really did not shoot that much going away from him. It seems like going to more shooters has been a big deal on all levels of the Bucks org this year. And I don't think it's a reaction to seeing Giannis with Papa Giannis in Greece. Cause they made a lot of these decisions before that. But I do think that was maybe some confirmation of like, yeah, we should be all in on shooting. Like we need guys who can shoot from every position. As long as we are building around Giannis, that's just so essential for this team. But interesting to hear a lot of uh, Chase's thought, coach Allen's thoughts on the roster here. Yeah, for sure. Another thing uh, I thought was interesting was uh, the mention of Bochamp playing some minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, Maybe we're getting a little too excited about him playing with the Bucks team because he's going to be spending some time down with the uh, down with the herd. Maybe up with the herd. Oshkosh is north of Milwaukee. It is. It, well, it, I think certainly later in the season when guys are healthier, I do think I'm still hopeful we'll get some run in the next couple weeks here. Because this is this is the time. This is to the time to do it, especially with Pat out, Chris out, Joe Ingles out. This is the time. I was looking, I was kind of, I was going to put together a tweet about like, I'm so excited about the Bucks when they're going to have this rotation and like the healthy version. And I realized like, I cannot get it down to 10 guys at all. It's really difficult. Like, let's just say ease of ease of argument, Drew, Wes, Chris, 
Giannis, Brooke, the five that they use in the playoffs. And then your top reserves there then would obviously be Grayson, Bobby, Pat. And then I was like, who do I include out of Javon Carter, George Hill? What does Joe Ingles look like? You know, can any of the young guys get themselves? That's 11 right there. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of players. That's too many for a real rotation. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's good, but it's, it's hard. It's going to be tough. So I think this, this season Plus, is really is TA going to step up. Is he going to make his way in? The early indication is no, but you can never rule out an Atetokounmpo. Imagine yeah. if like next month, TA is just like a 20 and 10 guy. He just develops. I would, I would ascend to a different <laughs> plane of existence. Like I would be unable to do the podcast because I'm living in a new dimension. Does TA start if they match up with Denver in the finals? Oh my god! I would, just, I, I don't, I don't even want to think about what I would do. Ta, let's not say start, but like Ta making a difference in the NBA Finals would be the ultimate timeline. Oh my god! Finals MVP Finals. All right, let's let's slow it. Okay, let's, let's <laughs> that do the outro. Do the outro. Do the outro. No, no, no we're giving we're giving Finals MVP Finals one more minute. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm, I'm literally counting the seconds until I don't because I, I don't have a reply. I'm gonna filibuster through this minute. It would be, it would get the response from everyone would just be like, oh my goodness, what just happened? Like myself included. He would have as many finals MVPs as Steph Curry. Yeah. As many as Giannis (laughs) too, which is the unfortunate thing. Okay. I I just had to get that out there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you did enjoy it, make sure you leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice and subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this YouTube pod platform of choice, both cook the book, do that. Uh, But yeah, make sure you check out all of the podcasts here on GSPN, check out gspn.info to get all of your uh, Eurostep podcast network bucks feed. You get cruising for a bruise and talk of the tundra, make time for this. Make sure you check out all that good stuff and gspnstore.com. Uh, But yeah, uh, pod random and we'll talk to you next time.